as we get into the word tonight, I, I want to do as much as we can this evening to, to let ministry be done all over the place. I'm, I'm so thankful that Pastor Craig chose to have the testimony time and even that we had prophetic words and scriptures shared with each other just now because during worship, I really got the sense, I, I just felt the sense that we got a lot of people here tonight who came to see God do something. And that's good. We, that's powerful. Amen. Some people who came to see God do something, but I don't think that God wants you to see him do something tonight. I think God wants to use you to show his glory tonight. Uh, I believe that this is not a centralized, localized kind of ministry that God wants to do tonight where God can speak through Pastor Craig and God can speak through me and he'll prophesy over some people over certain specific things, but that's it. I don't think that's what's going down tonight. I, I don't think that you need to be here to see God do something. I truly believe that you are here tonight not to see God do something, but for God to show somebody else something through you, okay? So are you ready for ministry? Are you ready to do something? I see. Uh, well, let's start with amens. Uh, all right. That's the we'll, we'll step into it gradually. If you're if you think maybe possibly per chance you're ready to do some ministry tonight, give me an amen. OK, good. Well, here's what I want to do. I usually start by praying and centering my heart, centering uh, where we're moving. But I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to you. So I'm not going to pray tonight right now for the word that's about to be shared. I want you to be praying for me, okay? Uh, the Spirit is going to use me to do some teaching. He's going to use Pastor Craig to do some teaching. And right now, if you're sitting next to somebody, join hands with them. But what I want you to do is I want you to pray and speak life over me that I would share the words of the Spirit tonight, that I would minister effectively, and that you would receive God's word for yourself. Pray right now. I'm going to let you. Amen. I received that. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to get into the Word now. And here's a funny little trick. If you feel like you didn't receive anything tonight, now it's on you. Okay? So <laughs> if you didn't like the preaching tonight, pray better next time. Okay? <laughs> but uh, I, I like this, you know, because every single bit of ministry that, that goes on, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that is motivating and that's activating it. Uh, me teaching tonight, you prophesying tonight, the worship team leading us into the presence of God. It's all 100% done by way of the Holy Spirit. And if it's not, then it's worthless and it's meaningless. And so I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate the fact that you've come tonight with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you ready to minister and not just ready to see what somebody else can do. Okay, because what anything that God can do through me or Pastor Craig or Pastor Zach or anybody else, anything that God can do through us, God can do through you. And the question, th there's a question I want to ask tonight that I want to put in front of everyone. Because last night, if you were here, Pastor Zach asked a couple of really, really powerful questions. And I got to tell you, it was probably the most convicted I've been in a long time. Whenever he asked these questions When's the last time you let Jesus take your breath away? When's the last time you let Jesus take your breath away? And when's the last time you ran to the Lord like a child? When he asked those questions, oof, it just, it did something to me. 
Because a lot of times, a lot of times we come to church just looking for answers. We want to know what one plus one equals two, and how do I make this formula so that God can move in my life? And we want these facts. We want this list of whatever. But what God wants to do a lot of times is not to give you an answer, but just to get you to ask the right question. And last night, man, we, we got some good questions to ask. We really got some good questions to ask. And so I've got a question for you uh, tonight, and that is, who are you to stand in the way of God? I know that's a pretty accusatory kind of question. I don't want to put you on the defensive, but this is a question that I'm asking myself now, especially from the questioning I did last night. And we've got another guy in Scripture that we're going to look at who asked that same question. Who am I to stand in the way of God? Who am I to stand in the way of God? I want us to look at that really, really seriously. The theme for this message that I'm bringing is the, the Holy Spirit giving us the power to know God's will. That's the idea. That's the starting point. But I think that's going to lead us to the question, who am I to stand in the way of God? Because a lot of times we talk about God's will, and man, it's, uh, it's all about us. It's all about what can God do to make my life more comfortable? Uh, God, what job do I need to step into? Who do I need to marry? This and this, so that we can fit these little pieces into the puzzle of our life and make things make more sense and be more comfortable and sleep easier at night knowing, okay, whew, I got it figured out now. Because God told me what his will is. When God's will is not for you or for me to be comfortable. And Lord Jesus, how we worship the idol of comfort. Man, we worship the idol of comfort. It's, I think it's all over the world, but especially here in America, we really, really worship the idol of comfort. And we think God's will, if we trace it down the line far enough, God's will is for me to be comfortable. God, do I need to take this job? Because really, I just want to be in a good place, support my family, have this and this lined out so I can just relax and chill at the end of the day. God, is it your will for me to marry this person? Because I think that would be a pretty simple and easy relationship. And if I get married, then I've got that figured out and I can check that off the list and I'm good. But uh, God's will actually is not so much in these big decisions that we trouble ourselves with all the time, but God's will is for you to wake up in the day and look around to see who you can evangelize. God's will is for you to give a prophetic word to someone. God's will is for you to wake up and be so invigorated by His Holy Spirit that people see a difference in your life and they're drawn to the Lord. And that kind of God's will is not comfortable at all. I mean, I just, I just asked, is everybody ready to do ministry tonight? And we got a, uh, amen, amen-ish. We got some half-hearted amens because it's like, oh man, you're, I, we're going to be asked to do something. And I, I'm not criticizing anyone about that because that's me. I'll, I'll tell you right now, like, if I'm not the one coming and like bringing the word, I'm like, please don't ask me to do anything. I'm not prepared. I, you know, that kind of thing. 
Uh, but it's, it's, it's not normal. And God so badly wants to just shake us out of the routine of our lives. He wants to shake us out of what we deem to be normal and what we deem to be comfortable because his will is not that we would be comfortable, but his will is for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, it's like fitting a square peg into a round hole because the earth and the carnality that we find ourselves in on a day-to-day basis doesn't compute with the kingdom. Because God's kingdom is so much bigger, so much so beyond that whenever somebody comes and is actually exhibiting a life of the kingdom, it looks weird and it looks strange. And I don't want to look weird and strange. I don't look, amen, Danny. I don't want to look weird and strange. I want to be normal. I want to be comfortable. I want to be in my lane and for everyone else to be in their lane. But God just wants to, to shake us out of that sometimes. And that's why what we're doing right now is a powerful thing. That honestly, God is moving so mightily. God's healed people, given people uh, hope when they've been stuck in depression. Just probably even starting tonight. It's already been happening, but especially last night, we've already seen these things happen. Powerful things, miracles, testimonies that we can rejoice over. And all it took was Pastor Craig saying, you know what, we're going to do some different kind of services. We're just going to come and be open for the Spirit to move. And the religious among us, the religious in my heart says, what's the order of service going to be? Oh, Lord, how many songs are we going to do? And uh, are, are we going to be asked to do things that we don't normally do? And what's the plan? And we, we so, so badly just want to stick with what's normal. We so badly just want to stay in our routine, stay in our normalcy. But God's will, his perfect will, is to shake us out of that, to get some times where we can just have permission to be different and weird have permission to be strange and see what God does in it. Amen. Woo, see, now that's good. Y'all, y'all are already doing ministry. Y'all are preaching back to me. That's good. We got ministry going on tonight. So the question is, as we talk about God's will, the question is, who am I to stand in the way of God? Because we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I will be the first to tell you that skepticism creeps into my heart. I want to talk to the cynics among us, okay? Uh, You don't have to raise your hand because that would kind of be, you know, go against everything. But I know we've got some cynical people here. We've got some skeptical people here. I was born and raised in this ministry that operates in the gifts. I've been slain in the spirit. I've been prophesied over things that were so specific that I could not argue with the fact that God is speaking to someone else and he's speaking through them to me in a way that I cannot argue with. I've had those things happen to me and still the skepticism creeps into my heart. Still, I come to a service sometimes and I'm like, can God move like that? Are we just creating something here? Are we faking something? What, why, why, why do we need these big drastic moves of the Holy Spirit in our church? Why, why do we have to have people falling out? Why do we have to have people yelling and speaking in tongues and laughing really loud and crying really loud? Why do these things happen? You know, sometimes I, I kind of 
get into, I know I'm the only one, okay? I've got doubt and unbelief in my heart. Somebody can pray over me at the end tonight, and uh, I'll be delivered, and I appreciate that. But I, I know that, um, that, that that happens sometimes. And so, you know, e- even me being born and raised and uh, socialized in this, seeing it happen, having it, personal experiences with it, it still is sometimes a question. And, you know, I've, I've done things like I've gone through the book of Acts, and I'm like, oh, we talk about the Holy Spirit so much, and it's such an integral part of what we do here. So I'm going to go through the book of Acts and see what it actually says about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Louise, I put a star and underline every time the Holy Spirit's mentioned there. And I've come to the conclusion that the book of Acts does not happen without the Holy Spirit. That, uh, that this thing that we call church, this thing that is the body of Christ, it does not happen without the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, the religion in me, the skepticism in me, so badly wants to be like, oh, well, we just need the Word of God. We just need the Word of God. Amen, we do. We do need the Word of God. But I'll tell you, the Word of God without the Holy Spirit might as well be the Durant Daily Democrat. I don't know what the newspaper is around here. It might as well be any other magazine, useless piece of reading, if we don't have the Holy Spirit right there with us bringing life to the Word of God. I... uh, I'm going to share a brief story from Uganda because my friend TJ asked me to to say something there. But, uh, you know, my wife and I, we used to live in Uganda and we would we lived outside the capital. But sometimes we'd come into the capital city for meetings and within like a half mile radius is where like everything in the entire country takes place pretty much. All of the buses that go across the country, they meet here. All of the taxis that go across the city, they meet here. There's business, there's, there's just so much, and it's the most stressful place to walk. So anytime we'd go to the capital city, we'd have to walk through this place and make our way through these, all these people. And uh, So it was just stressful. But you would see preachers there uh, on the street, and they'd have their Bibles in hand, preaching. A lot of times it's in a different language that I didn't really understand. But even if I understood the language, honestly, everybody's trying to just get where they're going and get to the next place. And we, we just kind of put our heads down and try to walk through everything. And I've literally been slapped on the back with a Bible by one of those guys, a preacher preaching, yeah. And I got to tell you, the Word of God just as it is, doesn't always make lead you to repentance, okay? Because in that moment, I was not like, ow, praise the Lord. I was like, ow, stop doing that, okay? So we, we put so much, like, oh, well, all we need is the Word of God. That guy had the Word of God that day, and it didn't do much for me, okay? So uh, <laughs> that was just a brief thing there. But we put all this emphasis on the Word of God, but... The word of God without the Holy Spirit to bring life to it doesn't mean anything. Jesus said, you search the scriptures thinking that in them you have eternal life, not realizing that it's these scriptures that point to me. The same people who were, who were looking through the Bible, through the scriptures, trying to say, if I can just find the rules that God wants me to abide by, if I can just find what one plus one equals, if I can just make a list for myself of how to be righteous and what to do, then I'll be all right. Jesus says, you're not even reading the Bible right. You think you're going to find eternal life in the scriptures? You're going to find eternal life in me. And if you read them the right way, these are pointing to me. 
And if we want to read them the right way, it has to be by way of the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to say is we can't get around this. We can't get around the need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. And maybe you want to say, I've done this before as well. Man, I'm just going to, it's Jesus. It's all Jesus. I'm just going to follow the teachings of Jesus. And all this weird stuff about falling out and speaking in tongues, like, I, I mean, I'm still cool with it, but I, I don't know. I'm going to follow Jesus. Man, read, read about Jesus and see if there is any single thing that Jesus tells us to do that you can actually do without some kind of power other than yourself. If you actually get down to it on what Jesus starts to say, you start to realize, wow, all this talk that I can talk about, I'm just going to follow Jesus. Well, I can't do that. This is too much, Jesus. This is too much to actually follow. And you come to the point where you realize, I need the power, the Spirit of God that was in Jesus to actually fulfill what Jesus says to do. Look at, uh, amen. Amen, Pastor Craig. He's getting it. He's preaching back to me. Jesus in his, the Lord's Prayer. So just think about the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes if, if we just want to strip things back and come to the basics, read through the Lord's Prayer and see what you can do and what you can actually bring about in your life without the divine power of the Almighty God. He says, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we're going to pray that, if we're, if we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer and seek for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, it's going to look strange. It's going to require some power beyond ourselves. And it's not, it's not just about reading the life of Jesus and reading the life of Jesus and reading the life of Jesus. It's about seeing what Jesus did, who he was, and saying, wow, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, now that same spirit that is in Christ can live and abide and work in and through me. And whenever that comes out, it looks powerful. It's not a tame, it's not a tame thing. It's not an easy thing. He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. That's in the Lord's Prayer. God, forgive us as we forgive people around us. One of the most difficult, miraculous things on earth is true forgiveness. That's one of those things that we brush over and we just minimalize. Oh, I forgive you. Okay, yeah, I forgive you. But when you've been seriously wronged, when your entire life has been flooded with lies and hurts and abuses that you did not deserve from someone who you trust, someone who you care about, who you're supposed to be able to put your trust in, to forgive that person is a miracle. To forgive is a miracle. And I just, I want to pause here because I feel the Lord's sharing right now that someone needs that miracle in their life. Someone needs the power of God's forgiveness in their life. And, and maybe you came here tonight looking for a word, looking for some healing. The Lord just wants to say, I forgive you, and I'm giving you the power to forgive. That's the most powerful thing you could leave with tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Forgive yourself. 
Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, Lord, whoever that word is for, thank you, Jesus, Lord, for sealing that in their hearts, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your power and your ability to forgive, God. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom. Thank you for setting setting captives free, Lord, proclaiming liberty to the captives, freeing them from guilt, freeing them from any hurt that's gone on. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we forgive as you forgive. Amen. Praise God. Be, be free. Be free to forgive. But these things that Jesus talks about, it, even in the Lord's Prayer, we need the power of God. We need something beyond ourselves, something that looks a little bit crazier, that seems a little bit different, seems a little bit other than to actually bring life to what we're doing. I'm, I'm going to go really quickly here. In the book of Acts, chapter 11, okay, so all through the book of Acts, you see that it's the Holy Spirit that's bringing life, that's um, actually bringing the Word of God to life, that's actually making Christ's life livable in and through us. You, You see the Holy Spirit moving in the church. And what's beautiful is you see that the Holy Spirit is moving the church. The Holy Spirit is propelling ministry forward. We've reversed it in our lives today. We've reversed it to where we make our orders of service, we make our plans, and those are good, don't get me wrong, but, but we make it in such a way to where we move the Holy Spirit where we want Him to go. Where we try to box and tame and tell God, this is when you're allowed to move, this is what you're allowed to say, this is who you're allowed to speak through, and we, we, we put God in a box and, and it does such a disservice to the church because people are not going to be drawn to just some other religion that looks like every other religion and keeps people in bondage. And whenever we keep the Holy Spirit locked up, then we're actually just keeping people in bondage. But here in the book of Acts, you see in a powerful way that the church is not telling the Holy Spirit when and how to move. The Holy Spirit is telling the church when and how to move, and they're listening to him. So in Acts chapter 10, you see this thing where Peter is speaking to some Gentiles, people who are out of the church, people who at that point, uh, the people of God were kind of iffy about. We don't know if they're in or if they're out. And he's speaking to them, and the Holy Spirit falls on them. They start speaking in tongues. They start magnifying God and lifting him up. And Peter steps back like a brilliant, brilliant person and says, whoa, the Holy Spirit is not withholding anything from them. We shouldn't either. Uh, You know, that one plus one equals two in that instance. You know, he just realizes, wow, okay, the Holy Spirit says, yes, these people are baptized. We're going to baptize them in the name of Jesus too. We're not going to hold this back from them. And this is what he says in the next chapter. He's presenting this kind of information to the people at the church. The people who were like, okay, we're still skeptical about these Gentiles. We don't know what to do with them. What does God think? This is uh, what Peter says to them. In Acts chapter 11, verse 15, he says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. He's retelling the story. The Holy Spirit fell on these Gentiles just as he did on us in the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I 
that I could stand in God's way. Peter says, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. When they heard these things, they fell silent. Whenever the Holy Spirit shows up and starts to show you things and move in ways that you didn't plan, that you didn't predict and you can't put in a box, when the Holy Spirit starts to do those things and you just yield to it and say, okay, I'm going to be okay with this because this is the Lord moving and I'm just going to submit to it, then there's nothing that we can say against it. The people fell silent. Religion, all the times, and when we're steeped in religion, we want to tell the Holy Spirit what he can and can't do. We want to still tell the Spirit of the living, creative, all-powerful God how he can move. And the Holy Spirit just wants to shake that mess off of us. Because that is dumb. So I'm sorry. To, to tell God how he can move. To tell God, I'm, I'm great with all this justice stuff. I really love whenever you, uh, you know, help the poor people out, God. But don't make me speak in tongues. But don't, don't do something that's going to make it really uncomfortable for us. Man, there were things going on last night that could have made someone uncomfortable. But I look around and I just felt the greatest joy of my life. Because I'm like, on the surface, in the physical, this seems uncomfortable. But if you just peel back one little layer and see what's going on in the spiritual, that people are being set free. So people are being set free. You heard the testimonies after years and years of lies from the enemy and p- people being told that they can't and they won't and they never will again. The, whenever the Lord lifts that and brings somebody out and says, you can, you will, the kind of joy that comes from that, yeah, it's cool for that to look weird because that is amazing. Whenever we try to tell God what he can do, how he can move, it's ridiculous. And so I, my prayer from this is that if there's, any, if there's any skepticism, if there's any cynicism about, well, God can move, but he needs to move like this, and I'm all right with the move of the Spirit, but I just don't want to do it like that, I really pray that the Lord right now is just un, unchaining everyone in this room. In Jesus' name, be free. Amen. In the name of Jesus, be free to let the Lord move in you in a different way and in a new way. It doesn't have to look like what you're comfortable with. In fact, it probably won't look like what you're comfortable with. Because the Lord can really move and work with us whenever we're a little bit uncomfortable. Whenever we're outside of our comfort zone, not being able to, whenever we're comfortable, we can rest on our abilities. We can be, do what's in our strength and what's in our wheelhouse and what we know we can do. We're cool with that. But whenever God calls us to do something that we know we cannot do, it feels weird. When God says, hey, go prophesy to this person, that feels weird. Because in my natural ability, I cannot tell something to someone that's going to resonate with them and actually speak into their lives in a powerful way because I can't do that. I don't know people's lives like that. But when God calls you to do it, it's uncomfortable, but his spirit comes. His spirit brings life to it. And that's whenever you're doing God's will. If you want to do God's will, 
ask yourself the question, who am I to stand in the way of God? Who am I to stand in the way of God and let yourself be uncomfortable so that you can minister? I'm actually going to share, uh, finally, the, uh, the verse that was the theme verse for, for this, uh, this message. In John chapter 16, in, starting in verse 12, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's talking to them a lot about the Holy Spirit. Because you know what I said? That we're cool with Jesus, but we're like, ah, this Holy Spirit thing. Jesus knew himself. He said, it's better that I go so that you can have the helper. Jesus, some of his disciples even got the revelation of who Jesus was. They said, you're the Messiah. You're the king of all kings. You're the one who we're going to follow. And then later they're cutting people's ears off because they don't actually understand what Jesus is doing. So, so Jesus even realized, wow, these people have a revelation of who I am, but they need the Holy Spirit. They need the Spirit to actually show them who I truly am. So he's talking to them. Uh, John 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I'll read verse 14 again. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Holy Spirit, we long to see you magnified and lifted high in this place. We want to see Jesus. We want to see the power of your name, Jesus. We want to see you, God, in all of your fullness. And Lord, we do not trust ourselves to be able to read enough, to be able to mentally ascend to a revelation of you. God, it has to be your spirit. And Lord, we submit ourselves to you tonight. Whatever ministry you have for us tonight, let it be done in your name. Lord, I pray that you would give permission to people tonight. God, give give us permission to be bold in your name. Give us permission to step out in you, to prophesy, to heal, to lay hands on the sick and they recover, to give words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Thank you for, for encouraging us to move in power because we trust you, Holy Spirit. We're not about our comfort, and we're not going to stand in the way of what you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.